Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing Afshan Taffler, holistic life coach and conscious parenting coach who helps you master emotional stress so you can transform your health and thrive in your relationships with your kids primarily. I brought Afshan here to tell us all about um, a live webinar that she's going to be doing soon and also a live that we're also doing alongside Natalie Sermopoulos. You probably remember Natalie from another episode I did, Mamacita, about conscious parenting. So here we have another conscious parenting coach. Welcome Afshan to the Mamas Con Ganas podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. So there's so much to talk about, you know, with regards to what you teach, because you teach, and I would say it, the old way of saying it would be anger management, but in reality, it's regulating our emotions, correct? Yes, correct. Exactly. So you help parents that are having a hard time um, dealing with their anger and sort of lashing out at their kids with rage or with screaming, how to help them have a better connection with their children. Yes, exactly. So how, how do you help yourself in those triggering moments to not let that anger flood you, not let that rage flood you, take you over and, you know, really be in this whole vortex and storm <laughs> that we can go into? How do you help yourself to pause before that all happens and really be with what's coming up and help yourself to get back to calm so that then you can, um, you regulate yourself so that then you can help your child and stay connected to your child, which then helps to facilitate a much more connected relationship long-term and more trust with your kids. Yes, more trust with your kids. And I think that's exactly what all of us parents really want in the end is to have a good connection with our children. And sometimes we just don't know how to fuse that connection because we get triggered by certain things. So before we get all into what you teach, so um, because there's a lot of things that we're going to discuss, and I know my mamacitas are going to love this conversation. Tell us a little bit about where you come from and how you got into this whole conscious parenting. Um, yeah. Job. Okay. We'd love to. So I am from Toronto, Canada, and um, I, Got, the way I kind of got into conscious parenting was really the universe, you know, led me to my purpose and passion in this way through my relationship with my child. So I was lucky enough to get a very strong willed, um, you know, people would call defiant a child who just did not want to be who I wanted him to be. 
and he challenged me immensely. And through that, through the journey of all the stress I went through with him, he also had some medical challenges early on in life. Um, and through the challenges I went with him, I was so stressed and I hit rock bottom and then I developed chronic illness. And then through my journey of really healing from chronic illness and learning about the roots of illness, I discovered that um, a lot of our health um, is very connected to our emotional health. And a lot of my distress with my child was very connected to my emotional health and my ability to really know how to be with very powerful emotions coming up that would flood me and I didn't know what to do with them. And anger was really the my, my only line of defense. Um, so I, I learned through my relationship with my child and all the ways that he triggered me to then take that U-turn and um, come inside and realize what's happening inside of me that's making me get so triggered here. And so through my journey of, of that experience um, and then going into coaching as a second career, I really, you know, I gained a number of different coaching certifications along the way that really helped me to, um, to, to go down this healing path of healing my reactions um, towards my child and also healing my stress states that were causing me to have ill health. Um, and through that journey, I learned a lot about um, early life experiences and the traumas that happened. I became a trauma-trained coach as well as a nervous system, polyvagal theory-informed nervous system coach as well, understanding how a lot of our lived experiences live in our bodies and then our kids are just the triggers today to, to the, their behaviors are the triggers that, that launch us into these, these reactionary states. Um, but these reactionary states are actually coming from, you know, our own past conditionings and experiences. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, you know, you and I talked about the fact that a lot, most of us, I think were raised with like an old paradigm of parenting. Yes. Authoritarian parenting. <laughs> yes. And then we think, okay, well, that's how we were raised. And so that's how we're going to raise our children. And right now, you know, a lot of us, me included, come to the realization that, you know, perhaps this isn't the best way to do it. And we, we get, like you said, I, I also have a child that I'm like, my goodness, where did I get such a confrontational will strong child? And it's one of those things that you love about your kid, but at the same time, the, the same thing that drives you crazy. Cause you're like, why can't I get them to do what I want them to do? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> why can't he just agree with me? You know, I, I, and we, I think we have like this fantasy that we think parenting is gonna be one way and then we become a parent and we realize this is the hardest thing that there is to do. Like there is no harder job than being a parent. And of course we love our children so much that we wanna do it in, the, in a caring way. And sometimes our reactions with the triggers, we actually react in, in, in a way that brings us a lot of, a lot of shame sometimes because we, we regret the way that we handled the situation. Yeah. And that's what I call the anger, guilt, shame cycle. You know, we, our kids trigger us it um, it really shines light on what you know our belief systems are like. A child must listen and obey. A child must do everything as 
her, his or her parent asks, right? And, and, and then if they don't do that, then we get really triggered and then we, we, we launch into anger and we think that that's going to help that child to learn in that moment. But then it sends, then we see how bad the child feels how bad then we end up in a pool of guilt and shame after. And then it, that's such a mucky, yucky energy to be in, emotion to be in, that we don't want to sit there for very long. Then we end up back right up, back up in anger again, because anger is a more powerful emotion to be in. There is more life force to it. It's um, you, it, it, it pushes you to do something about the situation in front of you, whereas guilt and shame is like, you're just hopeless and powerless in that state. So that's why it's easy to go back up into anger. And then it just becomes a cycle, you know, anger, guilt, shame, anger, guilt, shame. And we really want to break that cycle. That's really interesting that you say that. I could totally see that because after we go to the anger, we react in a non-effective manner with our children. We lash out, we get angry, we scream, we punished, maybe sometimes not like in the right way. And then afterwards we're left again. It's like that low, you know, that we're back in that Valley and then we go right back around it. Yeah. I think it's super important. And it's interesting that you said that anger is that has more like life force and you yeah. feel more powerful in that state than just feeling like helpless. And as parents, yeah. we feel like we have to take control. So it might be one of those, you know, go-to mechanisms that we, that we reach to. We're like, okay, we need to take control. Therefore I'm going to pull out the anger card. Exactly. So if you think about it, every time your child has a behavior, we go into the initial thing before the anger is actually, we go into fear. We go into fear that this kid is, you know, going to become disrespectful, disobedient. How's he going to fit into the world? Or we go into a place of great. I, because he's in this state, I'm not going to be able to get this, this, and this done now. And the whole day is going to be ruined. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So there's a lot of fear there initially. And then fear is like you freeze with fear, you know, and that's not a good place to be. So then anger will come up to give you more power and control over the situation because you want to get your need met. You want to get your expectation met in that moment, or you want to draw a boundary in that moment that something is not okay. So those are the reasons anger comes up to take control, to have power in that situation, because underneath you're feeling pretty powerless. If there's something powerless that's being ignited in you. And it's interesting because, you know, the busyness of our lives right now is such that I mean, I completely identified with what you just said in the sense that sometimes we get, we just get angry and frustrated because we fear like, now I'm not going to get half of the stuff done that I'm going to, you know, now I'm going to have to like sit down and explain or sit down again and tell him what I've already told him like a million times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that this type of like world that we live in can sometimes be so fast paced that it doesn't help the anxiety and then the anger that surges from that anxiety. Do you think like, the anger also surges from all the stress that we receive from the outer world? Yes. So a lot of the reason why we launch into anger is because we've gone through our day. We have, say, for example, we have a to-do list of things to get done. And we maybe got only two things out of 10 things done. Mm 
So now we, uh, you know, our achiever part of us, right, didn't achieve enough and starts to feel a bit of stress and anxiety. And then we start to think about, oh, there's like all these things to do for the kids here and I got to do this and then I got to do that. And oh my gosh, and I, I haven't gone through, gotten through all my emails and uh, oh, this person's waiting on me and, and the stress is just mounting. And so the stress of daily life, right, is, is like, is here. And then if we're not doing anything to notice it or to help ourselves to like, just come down from that stress, then we walk in to our kids and then our kids feel our stress because our nervous systems read each other and our kids read our nervous system state. Okay. So the nervous system to nervous system actually read, we have something called neuroception and it's always scanning the environment for, for any cues of danger or safety and our nervous system. So they're nervous that we walk in the room there, they feel our stress. Okay. And then they go into stress. And they may have had things happen in their day too. And then all it takes is for them to be like, no, I don't want to do that because they're in a stress state. So in a stress state, you're in fight, in a fight state, fight or flight, that's a nervous system state. So if you're in a fight state, you're going to be like, no, or you're going to blame, or you're going to say, or you're just going to be combative, right? So our kids are now in a stress state, feeling our stress state, they become combative. And then we feel their state. And then we are already at this level of stress up to our necks. And then we're almost at our tipping point, right? And then all they need to do is to have that behavior and then boom, we just blow into a rage. And so that cycle happens a lot in families. Like, can you relate? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because at, it, at, at one point, and mostly as kids get older, cause I feel like there's, you know, there's so much you can handle in a better way when they're like little. Yeah, you but can control more. You can yeah. control a lot more. But as they get older and they have more opinions and they want to come more into their adulthood and they want to assert themselves more, the harder it is for us to sort of control them because they're forming their own opinions, their own identity. And, you know, for example, like for me right now, I have a son who's a tween, so he's 12 years old. So he's in that stage of forming that identity, trying to assert his independence in a way and also wanting his opinions heard more and more. And so it, it can feel as a parent at this stage that it sort of becomes like a, like a push against a push and another, like I push and he pushes. And it's sort of like a combative state where it's never ending and it doesn't feel like it has neither a resolution or like, a, yeah, or an ending to it. So I think that's why it's so important for us parents to have these type of tools. Yes, yes. So, so the key to like to really getting a child to listen to you is actually not, you know, for some children that fear based approach, you get really angry at them, and then they get really scared, and then they'll they'll comply. Some kids are can 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 do that. And other kids just get fueled even more. It's like your anger is like gasoline to their fire. And it That's doesn't work. That's yeah, my son. that's my son too. So, and it just doesn't work for them. And because they're so dysregulated and when you're in that fight state of anger, your higher thinking brain is not online. And so for a child, especially where 
Um, you need executive functioning. You need higher thinking brain levels to be able to reason and to be able to listen to reason and to be able to shift your, your views or think about something differently. And the only way you can access that higher thinking brain is, is if you're in a regulated calm state. And that's physiology, okay? That's biology. That's the way the nervous system and our brain states work. So it's nearly impossible to get a child to listen unless they're in a total fear freeze state. And because of that fear or freeze state that they just turn to complying, you know? But um, a lot of kids who get really dysregulated, they, um, they just, they, they have more anger in the face of it. So what we need to do instead is if we really want our kids to listen and to reason, to be open to reason and to be open to thinking about our suggestions is we have to stay really, really calm and, and regulated in the face of their dysregulation. Which is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> the hardest thing to do because first of all, you have a nervous system that is gonna automatically react to your child screaming, yelling, swearing, saying no, being defiant. And your nervous system, they're in fight state and your nervous system's automatically gonna launch into fight state. That's natural and that's human, okay? But then from there, it's really about noticing, oh, I'm, rile I'm getting riled up. I'm, I'm, my body is like wanting to fight back. And then how do we see that, notice it, take, and then start to regulate ourselves, get back to take that pause. In those heated moments, there's nothing to do, nothing to do in those heated moments, except for regulating yourself as a parent, because that child's not going to change when they're dysregulated and their brain is gone, their higher thinking brain has gone offline. They're in their emotional brain and their fight or flight brain. That's what they're in right now. They're, it's called the amygdala, the reptilian brain. So there is no higher thinking. The other thing I should mention is that kids you know, executive functioning and higher reasoning skills start to come in at three and a half years old, but they don't fully develop till you're in your mid twenties. So kids are learning um, how to, you know, develop those skills and they learn in the face of a parent who can stay calm in the face of their dysregulation. So the kid is screaming, yelling, fighting, whatever, and you just stay calm and you, you're noticing you're getting riled up. You use your tool to use tools to get your body to feel calm in the face of this threat in front of you, which is your kid. Okay. Because literally our, we feel like our kids are the perpetrators in that situation, right? Yes. We start it's feeling like, like they have to change, not us. They have to change, right? Yeah. Yeah. This kid needs to change. Something is wrong with this kid. Enough is enough. What the, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> like those are all the things because in fight state, we, the story available to us is blame. And that's the only story physiologically because our body is sending cues up to our brain and our brain has to make a story of all these danger cues coming from our body saying, we're in danger, we're in danger, we're in danger. And then our brain goes, okay, well, this thing in front of me is the reason I'm feeling this way then. This thing in front of me is the threat. So that's how our nervous systems are feeling very subconsciously, okay? Not on a conscious level. We're not doing, thinking that. So how do we then help our bodies get to calm in that state, take that pause, regulate ourselves, accept that our children are in this state. And then through mirror neurons, our children watch us stay regulated and calm in the face of their stress. Oh, I like that. Start to mirror learn, neurons. oh, 
mom or dad can stay is calm in the face of my stress. My brain, now my nervous system is reading calm. Okay. While I'm in fight state, my nervous system starting to read cues of calm. My nervous system can now calm down too. So it's all subconsciously happens. Okay. And then the brain, higher thinking brain starts to come back online. And through mirror neurons, we start to learn as kids, oh, I can, I can be okay in the face of all of this big emotion coming up for me. I can be okay in the face of this powerful emotion that's taken me over. And then they start to learn, oh, I can regulate myself. Oh, okay, I can start to calm down. And then what they learn from that is in the face of stressful emotions that come up, because we're human and we're all gonna have them. And by the way, emotions are automatic. We don't control them, they're automatic then we can learn because our parents are staying calm in the face of it. So then we can learn to get calm in the face of it. And so slowly they start to learn, they start to learn, they start to learn emotional regulation. That makes, that's, it makes sense. I mean, they're mirroring, it's, it's basically they're mirroring our behaviors. If we're able to regulate ourselves, they learn how to regulate their own emotions as well. Yes. Exactly. But the challenge is, is that many of us didn't learn this way, right? (laughs) When we got angry, what were we met with? Our parents were like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you if you get angry. You need to be nicer and you need to be calmer. And then I'll talk to you. So we got disconnection, right? Or we got anger, right? Anger or rage right back in our face, which then caused more dysregulation. Or we got punishment, And then we learned, what do we learn about anger at that point? Okay, we learned anger is bad. If I have anger or emotions, I'm bad. So, and then, so now if anger comes up, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this big emotion. If like, I have anxiety about anger. So I'm going to try and push it down, push it down, push. I need to control my anger, push it down, push it down. My mom, my parents taught me this, push my anger down. And then the challenge is, is that it's an automatic like body emotion and with a very powerful energy to it. It bubbles up, bubbles, bubbles up. And there's only so much we can hold it down. And then the volcano erupts and we blow. (laughs) It's like a pressure cooker. Pressure cooker. (laughs) The key is, is how do we really accept our emotion of anger because it's natural human biologically wired human emotion and how do we tolerate it be with it and and accept it but not let it take us over you know it's that it's that dance it's that dance that we need to be wow So here's the deal, mamacitas. If you want to find out more on how to manage your anger with your children, how to transform the anger into something constructive in order to build a great connection with your kids, then don't miss our free live event this Friday, November 13th, 2020 at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Afshan, Natalie, and I will be there, and these awesome women can help answer any questions that you may have. Also, Afshan is giving away a free webinar on the seven steps to transforming anger the conscious way. Go to mamasconganas.com forward slash 58 and register for the free live event on Friday, November 13th, and get access to Afshan's amazing webinar. Again, you can find that at mamasconganas.com forward slash 58. So you teach parents then to deal with it. And because like we were saying, a lot of people come from different, you know, and, and with culture also comes different way of having been taught. Like 
Yeah, right? there's still point. some cultures where it was it's accepted to to spank children. Right. You know, and yeah. and so that anger that the child has is met, like you said, with anger. And then, you know, that obviously teaches the child. That's why all of that, all of those cycles of even abuse are passed down from generation to generation. Yes. Yeah, and it, it does. It gets passed on generation to generation and it's all learnings. So the key now is to really ask yourself, do I want to be a parent who passes on those old learnings? So then I can be stuck in the same cycle of anger, guilt, shame, anger, guilt, shame, to then be disconnected with my kid and down the line, my kid, like we may still have love, of course, and we love each other, but there, my kid is, has not learned true emotional regulation. And my kid doesn't fully trust me to come to me for all the things that are going on in their life, you know, to, and all the, uh, um, and, and to talk to me about the really painful emotions that they might be going through. You know, today, when we look at the statistics of anxiety and child suicide and all of that, this is all kids not knowing how to be with their emotions. And that cycle has been passed down generation after generation after generation. And our youngest generation are the ones who are suffering the most. And so how can we as parents now stand in a place of choice do I want to follow this old authoritarian parenting way that is causing me such unease and, and creating disconnection with my kid? Or do I want to follow this new paradigm, a more conscious way of looking at, oh, what patterns am I bringing forward that are not um, beneficial anymore? And how can I shift this and really start to teach myself emotional regulation and teach my kid emotional regulation so that my kid has a better chance at, have, at being more successful in life, at having more resilient uh, resilience in life, to be able to handle life's challenges, to be able to tolerate distressful emotions and know that they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. You know? Absolutely. It's so interesting because yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I was doing a, a like um I recorded a podcast episode with my husband and we were looking at things that help uh, promote healthy relationships and one of the things even within couples is if you want your your partner to change you have to change yourself first and so this is sort of like the same concept the concept that if we want our children to change first we need to seek change within ourselves in order to make that like that world, you know, that, that, um, how do you say ideal relationship, build that re ideal relationship and connection with our children. First, we have to go in and examine yes. ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this goes for all relationships because you are a human with a, you're walking around with a nervous system and everyone is like, you can think about it as all have nervous systems walking around and our nervous systems and how reactive they are got shaped by our life experiences. So we're coming with baggage forward with us. And so in the, in our relationships, when we have a lot of reactions happening, if we go to just shift what baggage we've brought forward and heal that, then that relationship has the opportunity to shift immensely. So yeah, I would say that the change happens with us first. And I also would mention that the change needs to really embody um, a way of not being so hard on ourselves in the process. 
to be more compassionate with ourselves because we have all learned that we need to be hard on ourselves to create change. And that's why we're hard on our kids because we're like, we learned that our parents were hard on us so that we could do better. And then we learn that. And then we're hard on our kids, hoping that they're going to do better. But our kids are of this generation are just way more sensitive and they don't learn that way. They shut down in the face of that. Yes. So, so Do you think, learning. why, why is that? Why did the old paradigm work, I guess, for us? It, and then it doesn't seem to work for this generation. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot more stress in this generation because of technology, because of the fast paced life we live, because of, um, you know, parent, uh, us as parents, um, we want so much more for our kids. Uh, that gets passed on and I think um, multiply generation after generation. So the stress on our kids is much more immense because of how on we have to be all the time with technology. And we as a, as a parenting generation are more stressed because of that as well. So I think that that's one very big factor. Technology how on we are. There's not as much time to just be and do nothing. I mean, remember when we were kids, Yeah, there was a lot of time to be and do nothing. (laughs) Why is it that now we don't know? I think, and, and maybe this is a very cultural thing in the States and even in Canada, where it's like, we push, 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 push ourselves to the point where we don't realize what, what, why we're pushing ourselves for, what we're pushing ourselves for. Well, it's worthiness. That's really what it comes comes down to we don't feel worthy unless we're getting a lot of things done and that we're accomplishing a lot and we're achieving a lot and so for kids you know they just want to relax sometimes and be and we then we're not okay with that because we have our own unworthiness wounds inside of us (laughs) and so wow it's crazy how do we really help ourselves to feel worthy if we don't do enough or if we aren't achieving enough you know, of our, what our perfectionist parts of us think we should be achieving, right? Yes. Um, yeah. How do we, we be more forgiving and kind to ourselves? And um, because that's what the research shows, self-compassion, being kinder to ourselves is actually what motivates us to, to do more in life and to be more in life. And that's what I think our kids are really trying to mirror to us today. That we need to be kinder and more compassionate. I agree. I feel like that's also- yeah, the hard approach not working for, is not working for them. No, it's so. not. And, and it, in order to get out of that cycle of shame, like you said, I think that's the key. In or, you know, it's self-compassion. The yeah. moment we have more self-compassion and more love towards ourselves, that's what makes shame disappear. Yes, exactly. And that, that's what all the re- latest research shows us, um, that self-compassion helps you build resilience in your life and, and actually helps you to do more of the things you want to do. Because when we beat ourselves up, how motivating is that? You know, in the end, it's not. We think it's going to be motivating for us to do better next time, but it actually doesn't. So I actually encourage parents that if you get angry at your kid, instead of beating yourself up after and sitting in guilt and shame, forgive yourself, give yourself compassion for that moment of dysregulation and suffering because you never learned how to emotionally regulate in the face of your parents. So so forgive yourself and then go to your kids and just do the repair work, you know? I'm sorry, that must've been really scary for you. And I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm just gonna just do my best. 
Um, and, and, you know, cause that's all you can do, right? You're human you're going to get triggered and you have your own past coming forward with you. And the best you can do right now is to help heal that, those past patterns. Absolutely. And now tell our audience a little bit about the work that you do in terms of like, you created a process, right? A seven step process yeah. through which you're able to heal your past wounds. And then you're able to regulate your emotions better. Yeah. So it's a seven steps to transforming anger, the conscious way. And so through my own journey of a lot of dysregulation, anger, rage towards my kid, I, you know, was suffering a lot because I sat in the pool of guilt and shame. And so I went on a journey. I said, okay, that's it. I need to discover the roots of how to heal this. You know, I had done therapy. I had done all these things that just weren't really creating a, a, a significant change in the way that I was reacting to my, my child. So then um, I went on this path of, of, of these seven steps that really helped me. And so would you like me to, to just yes. mention them briefly yes. here? Okay. Mention them briefly so they get to yeah. know a little and bit. And then there's about a webinar means. that they can always watch that goes into more detail. But step one is really changing your relationship with anger, not hating your anger and not resisting it and not trying to fight it and push it down because what we resist persists and anger is a strong force and it's going to take you over anyways. So how do you befriend your anger instead and really be in this relationship with anger in a different way where you can start to tolerate it, know when it's coming up, be with it, help it process and release in a healthy way. So this is about shifting to healthy forms of anger, which is assertiveness. And if we can be with anger in a healthy way and express it more assertively, then we can you know, get our needs and expectations met in a, in a healthier way. So that's step one. Step two is called conscious calming. And this is all about understanding how you have a nervous system, a body that is going to automatically react in the face of a trigger, triggering situation. And your nervous system is, um, you don't have conscious control of where, what state your nervous system launches into, but you can become the watcher of it and you can start to see where it's gone into, oh, I'm becoming dysregulated. Oh, I can feel my body. I feel like I wanna fight. I feel like I wanna get angry. And then you can hit that pause button and use tools to calm your nervous system, to bring cues of safety to your nervous system in those heated moments to say, I'm okay, I'm safe in the face of this triggering situation with my kid. I'm safe right now. Help yourself get back to calm where your higher thinking brain comes back online. And from there, you have more opportunity to change your perspective and your story of your child in that moment and then change your response instead of having a reaction of rage. So really knowing your body is so important because the mind and body are so connected. And then step three is um, as transforming your stories. It's conscious belief system. So we all come with programming, okay? And programming from our parents and our culture and from media and you know society and religion, all this programming sits in us. And these are the lenses through which we see life. And as soon as our child hits one of those, those, those belief systems programmed in us, right? Like a, like a, a good child should listen, right? It's a big one. Um, then we're going to be like, this child's not listening. This is a bad kid. 
oh my God, if this is a bad kid, then what's going to happen to this kid in the world, right? Like it's really subconscious, all of this is happening. So if we can shine light on what past programming and belief systems we're living through, then we can be like, oh shoot, I don't want to live through that. I'd rather live through the belief that my child is just having a stress response right now and I can help him. I can help him. It's interesting because that hits the fear factor that you talked about. Because those belief systems are very intertwined with our fears. So like you said, oh, my child's not listening. He's not going to know how to learn to listen to authority. And then our mind does like a full spin into the future where we're picturing all sorts of craziness. (laughs) Exactly. And it's all happening like so fast, right? But this is to understand that our belief systems were created from the wounds, you know, and that's that's in step seven, really healing the childhood wounds. So um, which I'll get into in in a minute. But yes the fear factor gets hit. So then that comes to step four, which is about um, really learning how to be with the vulnerable emotions that anger protects. So oftentimes we're feeling fear, powerlessness, out of control, overwhelm, and um, sadness or grief about something. And then those get triggered first. And then, oh, I don't know what to, I can't, I'm not comfortable feeling that, you know, the nervous system then launches into, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. So boom, anger will come out to save the day and shut it all down. So anger protects vulnerable emotions. So then how can we really practice emotional fitness and be with those vulnerable emotions every day, be with our stress and anxiety that's building up, be with the fears we're having about ourselves and our, our life and our un- the unworthiness we feel because we didn't get the to-do list done, you know, and, and yeah, and we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. And so then we don't feel good enough, right? So how can we really be with all of that and process it and release it? Because then anger doesn't have to come up so much to protect and you're not going to get triggered so much uh, by your kids. And then step five is Um, breaking the guilt shame cycle and developing more self-compassion and this is a tool that needs to be in everybody's toolbox because we live in a world today we are so hard on ourselves so hard on ourselves and the part of that challenge is that social media and we and as humans we naturally compare ourselves to everyone that's just natural right compare ourselves to people around us but the problem is is we've got this device now that allows us to be compare ourselves to people 24 <laughs> 7 and and then we're seeing things that are not real and stuff so so then we're, we're we're even harder on ourselves oh look at that person doing that and oh look at that person achieving that and oh look and at that person that creates so happy more anxiety depression even, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even more anxiety. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And so so we're really hard on ourselves. So how can we practice self-compassion on a daily basis and really help build up um, that part of us, that championing part of us, that mentoring, inner mentor, you know, in us to help us be resilient in, in times where we just don't feel good about ourselves, you know? So that's so important and a huge step of really downgrading that reactionary anger response. And then step six is conscious, called conscious boundaries. And how do we learn to set boundaries and limits with strength and love, you know, and this is about fierce compassion, 
right? Doing it with fierce compassion. So there's like a soft, loving compassion. There's a fierce compassion. And so many, so many of us, we don't know how to set boundaries in healthy ways because we didn't learn that from our parents. And so we either are really permissive, like we, we let things go and we're like, oh, I feel guilty. So I'm going to let that go. Okay. Yeah. You can have that. Okay. And, or then we're like, enough is enough. Boom. And we, and we like take everything away. Boundary. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Enough. You took too much advantage. Done. And we do it in a harsh way. But how can we, and you know, part of it is like, we have so much trouble tolerating our children's distress at times. And then, um, and so then we don't want to set the boundary. Right. And because of our own wounds, that our parents were too harsh setting boundaries, but then we learn those harsh setting ways. So then we launch into it. So it's like this yo-yo of back and forth that then leaves you in a pool of guilt and shame. Oh my so gosh, then yeah. how do you learn to set healthy boundaries? Right. And how is, how do you learn to be like, okay, it's okay for me as a mom, right. Especially as a mom to have boundaries with my kids and with my family and to get my needs met too. And so that's such an important step. So then anger doesn't come up to do it for you. Because if you can't set that boundary in a healthy way, anger is for sure going to come up to do it for you. And then wow. it never feels good in that way. And, you know, and meaning rage comes up, not the healthy anger, but yes. rage. <laughs> yes. A third of healthy anger that we need in boundary setting. Then step seven is really about healing the childhood wounds. And that's, you know, a wound is really... Uh, holds within it a belief system and trapped emotions that never got to be expressed when we were kids and we had something happen to us and that we felt very alone because there wasn't an older, uh, there wasn't an adult, a regulated adult to help us with those big emotions at the time. And so then we developed beliefs about ourselves, like I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. And those wounds sit deep in our subconscious, in our nervous system. And so then our kids, whenever we see them being bad, or we see them doing things that we think that, that, that then they're not going to be seen as worthy or respected in the world, then we get triggered. And so we need to heal those childhood wounds as well. And so that's the seven step pattern, uh, seven steps of healing of really transforming anger at the root cause level and all the aspects that really cause our reactionary, you know, rage reactions to come up all the time. And I'm sure that this is something that you practice. It's not something, okay, you hear once and then you just step into it and you do it. Cause I feel like it's like an exercise, yeah. just like even spirituality, you have to work it like a muscle because you can't yeah. be spiritual one day and then let it go and then pretend to be spiritual for the rest of your life. The same thing is with like, when you go to the gym, you make a muscle strong, but you have to consistently work at it. I feel like, you know, and for all the mamacitas listening, I'm going to be putting a blog post where I'm going to be putting the links to not only our live that we're going to be doing with Natalie, where we can answer some of your questions, but also, um, you know, the webinar that you do that also takes them and they're going to learn in that webinar, this stuff in, in a much more deep at a more deep level, correct? Yes, correct. And you'll get an experiential exercise in there of really how to start to shift that pattern that exists in you. How do you change that reactionary pattern that you've, you know, come that you've grown up with your whole life that now your kid is really triggering in you. How do you shift that pattern into more calm response? Yeah. And I think that conscious parenting is something 
that no matter who you are, it can make you a better parent. I mean, I, I know I need, yeah. I, I am always looking for ways to become a better parent. Um, and, you know, parenting, like I said, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes we navigate. And like you're saying, we're still trying to process sometimes like our emotions and the things that happen to us. And we don't want to push that stuff forward to the, like the future generations in our family. Right, right. We want to stop that cycle because, you know, research studies have shown that whatever's not healed in the past can get uh, expressed, you know, three generations later as PTSD, anxiety, trauma. And these kids, even if they haven't had trauma, they're reacting today like they, they have because of everything that's buried down the generational line. And so we have the opportunity as parents to really step up, become more conscious, See, notice the patterns that are these, these are survival patterns really is what they are that got embedded in us that we no longer need to, um, you know, um, we don't no, no longer need to carry forward. We can make the change and Absolutely. then we can help our kids and, and create a generation of kids who are much more resilient to handle life's challenges. Yeah, life ain't getting any easier, right? No, no, no. And I think it's true. It's also, I think, like once you do that, it not only helps you in your connection with your children, but also with the way that we internalize and deal with stress. And right now, I mean, we haven't even mentioned it, but we're in the middle of, you know, we're in 2020, still in the middle of a pandemic, a pandemic that has caused a lot of, I mean, you see it everywhere in the news. There's more there's more anxiety right now, more people going through stress. Even the rates of uh, domestic violence have gone up. I mean, there's a lot of things within the family right now that if they're not being taken care of, like if you don't deal with these emotions, like you said, mostly anger, then the alternative can actually be very, very harmful for our families. Yes, yes, very much so. And we're seeing that a lot today in the younger generation of kids and what's happening with them not being able to handle all this stress and anxiety and emotions. So, yeah. Yes. So, Mamacita, if you want to learn more on managing your anger and creating a deeper connection with your kids, make sure to join our free live event on Friday, November 13th. Afshan will be there to answer any questions. Also, don't lose the opportunity to get access to Afshan's webinar. She's giving my lucky listeners free access. You can find both links on my website, mamasconganas.com forward slash 58. You can also comment on this episode there and tell us what you thought and what you struggle with in terms of managing your anger and your frustrations as a mom. I really do believe that this topic is of utmost importance. And if you found this episode helpful, please make sure to share with other mamas. We could all use a little help in remaining calm and serene during these times of craziness. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to be here with you. And maybe next time we'll talk about um, trauma because I know you also do work on trauma. Yes, yes. Would love to. Would love to do that. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. 
Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. Thank you.